0: Hey everybody, it's Matt here from the Continue On podcast, episode four. Today I'm going to talk about impulsive spending, one of my favorite things to do. It's a lifelong struggle. I'm going to say it is lifelong. It's Money has always burned a hole in my pocket from as long as I can remember. I would get in between couch cushions, and I couldn't wait to get down to the local Richdale's, which is a little convenience store, and buy some Garbage Pail Kid stickers. It It was just nuts. But anyways, so that's what I want to talk about today, is impulsive spending, what I have gone through with that, and how I'm currently trying to cope with that. But before I do that, let's do the Week in Review segment. Wish I had some, like, music to play there. like, da da But anyways, the week in review. What did we do last week? It was a pretty quiet week. It was a lot of work going on. A lot of work. But I was able to get to my daughter's dance recital, which was very fun. She's in a little dance company where she does a jazz, a lyrical, a tap, and a hip-hop number. So it was uh, it was quite the show The auditorium was full. There had to be 600 people there. I think the capacity is about 800. And so I'm just by looking, I was thinking about 600 people were there, which was pretty amazing. There was 29 numbers to get through, and my little daughter had four numbers. So it it was fun because she was right at the beginning, and she was about a quarter of the way in, and then three quarters of the way through. And so she was always up there. It was like every five six song she was she was coming out to perform and the only thing that was kind of a bummer about it was that it's usually a two-night affair Uh, they do them on a Friday and a Saturday night but I had some things going on with my older son on Friday night that I felt I needed to be home for and uh, had to prioritize over going to the dance recital which was in in hindsight the right thing to do but at the moment was made me feel like really sad and guilty and it's me like thinking about her up there and wondering where I am or why I'm not there. I texted her mom and told her, Hey, I'm not gonna be able to make it tonight. So I know she relayed the message to, to my daughter. And, you know, I apologized the next night when I was there, I apologize. I'm oh, sorry, I couldn't make it last night, but you know, she's nine years old and I don't know what's going through her head. Is she, fi- is she completely fine with it? she, was like oh, no problem, or is she angry inside, or was she disappointed in me? And I think that's like one of the big things that I worry about is disappointing her. and Something I never want to do is uh, disappoint my little girl because my older son, we, we her his mother and I divorced at a when he was at a young age. I was young too, and I did everything I could to make sure he didn't want for much and try to be there as much as I could for him but he lived with his mom and I always felt like I was at a disadvantage with that and I felt like even though he didn't come out and ever express disdain towards me or say you know I can't believe you weren't there for that or I can't believe you didn't do that for me it was still in the back of my mind that maybe I wasn't fully there and there were times when, you know, oh, uh, well, I was divorced. So I was going out on a date with someone. Do you think I could see, you know, him tomorrow instead of tonight? And I don't know, it, it's hindsight at this point. And I'm just trying not to do that with my daughter. I, I prioritize and make sure she always comes number one. We have a set schedule every week with visitation or uh, ch- child sharing. It's not, not really visitation anymore. It's, uh, I don't know. Anyways, I wanted to make sure that, you know, in a little bit of my older age now, where things that I used to think were really important aren't as much important anymore. Uh, not as important as seeing my kid. So, something I worked on. And that's a really big, uh, what did I do last week? Veer off from. What else did I do? Uh, My girlfriend's or my fiance's mother moved from one place to another, of course. And there was some work to be done for that move on Sunday, my my other day off, and I was able to get myself over there. And we did some light moving. She had hired movers for the heavy stuff, but there was a lot of little things that needed to be done and brought over there. And I'm like the the tech guy in the, the family, so yeah, I was in charge of getting the computers online at the new place, and getting the TV hooked up, and getting the Wi-Fi set up, and yeah, that was like my big responsibility. But that's what makes her happy, my my future mother-in-law. So I felt like I was helping out. Oh, I had to put this tension rod up in the bathroom. It had like some some shelves on it for. It was in the shower. And it had these three shelves and it was like just such a joke trying to get it to go, but I made a valiant effort and I think it's still standing to this day underweight with uh, shampoo and whatever else is on it. So that was my other my other thing I had to do. It was assigned to me. And then after we got the move done, we went back to the house, back to my house and we had got some things from her mom, the things she didn't want in her new place, so we decided we were gonna implement that into our home and so we spent some time doing that which was fine and other than that uh by about 5 five thirty, we were kind of toast we had dinner and we just decided to to mellow out for the rest of the night and we've gotten really stuck on this 600 pound life show my 600 pound life and man that is uh that's pretty incredible that's uh it's not a it's not a surface thing these people don't eat just because they want to eat it's they have an emotional connection with food something that i i would never be able to comprehend but all of them so far have had a lot of trauma in their childhood and early years and food was there for them and they connected with that food and it's never it never failed them and well until now that they've gotten themselves into the 800 pound range and some of them are willing to listen to the doctors and they know their life is in jeopardy they know that it's it's they're they're on borrowed time their heart is just ready to explode ready to have a heart attack and die and they are willing to do whatever they need to to take off the weight and to try to have a normal life uh, not a life in a wheelchair or with a walker or just bedridden, but they're really trying to... to be a new person and to keep the eating under control. But there are other people on this show who start the process and then they just give up. I mean some of them even get the gastric bypass surgery and they still they just start eating again and they never lose the weight or the, or, or they did lose the weight at first but they just put it all back on. And and we're talking about people that are bedridden. They they can barely get out of bed. They can't wash themselves. They there was a guy that had to have his girlfriend uh, bring a piss jug to him so he could pee because he couldn't get out of bed. I mean, it's just crazy stuff. And I don't know why they decide to get off the train. They're on a show. They're they're doing this for themselves. But you would think being on TV would be like a huge motivator that they would want to make sure that they're succeeding at this. They don't want to be a failure to the, to the world. They don't want to be seen as someone who is too weak to make this program work for them and to be a a physically better person and instead they just have excuses and they just decide that it's they they're just not happy not eating 8000 calories a day or whatever it is and so we've been we've been just addicted to that show it's it's something that's just we watch and we're just amazed by it and how people can treat their bodies like that so yeah so that was that's kind of where the week went what did I do today? today is my day off from work. And I was I wanted to do this podcast early, but I feel like sometimes if I get up too early and do the podcast that it's my, my head's not in it. I'm not able to get my flow going. Uh, not able to just kind of speak my mind and get to a point where I'm happy with what's coming out of my mouth and it's making some sort of sense. So I decided I was going to clean this uh, this little pistol that I got used and uh, the shop I bought it from told me, yeah, you might need to give it a in. So I decided that I was going to tear it right down to take everything off it. And I had bought some upgrades for it, which we'll get into in a couple minutes. And it became a friggin' production. It went from like nine o'clock till almost noontime, just trying to get this thing back together. And I still wanted to go out and shoot it and see, you know, if what I did made any difference in the way it came to me. And uh yeah, in the end it was it's all fine. Everything worked out. I but I got this podcast show going a little bit later than normal and I don't I don't want there to be a time crunch. I wanna be able to just spend my time doing this and not feel like I'm under the gun with the clock. I don't want to have anything else to this is my responsibility today. This is what I'm doing for myself. So we made it. We're here. We're doing it. I feel all right. I wish the chair I was sitting in was a little bit more sturdier so it wouldn't make all these stupid noises from time to time. So if you hear anything in the background, it's probably the chair I'm sitting in, which is like this old wooden chair. It's, you know, quote-unquote antique. It has no screws. or anything. It's all, like, put together under tension. Ah, whatever. It's what I got right now. My son took my, my nice cush office chair because he needed it for his gaming rig. So I, I'm... I'm Doing what I'm doing in this stupid little chair that you'll probably hear from time to time. You probably can hear the cars drive by too. I'm not sure why traffic's a lot louder today than it has been, but regardless. So, today's topic is impulsive spending me and my credit cards and the love of buying. So, when did this all begin? Well, this, like I said earlier, this all began as early as I remembered actually Uh, getting money, uh, birthdays you'd get money for your birthdays from my family. $5, $10, a $20 $20 bill. And I decided that I was going to spend that money as soon as I could. As soon as my mom had to go to Woolworths or to Kmart. We didn't have Walmart back then. It was Woolworths, Kmart, Caldor's Airs, Leechman, I don't know. Probably don't know of any of these places. It was. I mean, I'm from New England, so these are all like New England type stores. So we would go out, and I loved buying Hot Wheels. That was my favorite when I was a little, little kid. So I'd get myself Matchbox and Hot Wheel cars. But as as that grew a little bit older, as I grew a little bit older, it became cassettes. I, will, I, loved, I still, to this day, love music. I always have. And cassettes turn into buying CDs. And it's just, you know, that that's kind of how it's gone from a younger version of me into now. And when I would... I remember when it was uh, I was buying the cassettes. That's kind of when I started realizing I had a little bit of an issue. Well, thinking back now is that's um, um, I'm realizing that's kind of where my issue started because buying the cassettes, I would listen to them. But I also had this huge wooden case that I hung up on the wall where I could slot them all in. And then I would be looking at those cassettes from time to time on my wall. But I was also thinking, well, if someone came over, they would see these this large cassette collection and be you know, really impressed by it and say, wow, you got a lot of tapes. What's this one? What's that one? Hey, okay, let's listen to this. That never happened. But the idea of it happening is what drove me to want to purchase... Music and display it in my small bedroom, and it, that's that's something to like. To this day, I still struggle with. I still worry about. Um, uh, I don't really worry about it, but I guess I guess it is a worry of mine now. Talking about it, that it's something that needs to be addressed on a larger scale. Of you know, just worrying about what people think of you. And I know I've probably talked about this in the past, and I'll be talking about it again in the future. But uh, wanting to impress almost to like a point of bragging about things. It's just juvenile in so many ways and I don't I don't know why I care so much about what other people think, but I just do and it kinda sucks. I wish I could just be my own individual person and I I have a good friend who we had this conversation maybe th- 2 days ago and it was it was a long it was like 2 2 plus hours long and we talked about being your own person being a more spiritual person being more in touch with yourself and not relying on material objects so much to fulfill your needs your your higher level needs and you know if i could organize my thoughts better on that conversation i could do a whole podcast on it. It would probably be one of my longest ones because there was so many different things we covered, and and uh, it was it was a really really good conversation, and it um it definitely opened my eyes up to th- some things, and and how I can deal with some of the current issues that I'm dealing with, and you know that makes me think a little bit more about wanting and not wanting things, more about needing things instead of wanting things, and trying to fill that void in my life by buying things is just oh it's so freaking tiring it just gets so old it's the impulsiveness of it the being on amazon at two o'clock in the morning thinking i need something that i really really don't i mean it's to the point where i i buy these things and they just still sit in their boxes and i i saw this commercial a couple weeks ago, of a, of a medicine, of a you know some sort of medicine, some sort of pill that you take to curb these these cravings, we'll call it, of wanting to buy things. And it's funny. It it's so funny because the woman in the you know in the in the commercial, she seems depressed and she's buying cameras online and all kinds of stuff and it all gets there to the house and she's opening up the boxes and she's looking at her credit card bills and she's worried about that stuff and then then she takes the pill the magic pill and the next the next scene is her and her daughter repacking everything. And then the mailman comes to the door and she hands them a couple boxes and they feel so much better. And life is just so great. And the side effects are just ridiculous on this, this particular medication. It's, uh, you may die. taking, You may go blind taking this medicine. You know, consult your doctor if you lose a vision. I, I'm, I'm making that up, but that's, uh, I just find the I find the uh, the the side effects to be really funny, but it, but the bigger thing is is I I identified with that commercial, which is ridiculous, but it's true. It's it's something where I'm in the moment of spending, I'm feeling really good about it. I'm I got that manic high. It's hitting me on an emotional level. It's it's helping me fulfill some need in my life. Uh, it's taking me out of the reality of my life it's the whole purchase process too. It's not just hitting the buy button and waiting for it to arrive in two days. It's the two hours before that where my mind is totally out of the reality of my life and the things I need to do, my responsibilities at home. And instead it's completely consumed with the thing that is on my mind that I want to purchase. There's the YouTube videos to watch it. There's the Amazon reviews to read through to make sure that it's a good product. And it's so time consuming. My girlfriend's sitting there on the couch and trying to watch TV, but I can't put the fucking phone down to give my undivided attention to her and to the program we're watching or maybe it's a conversation that we're trying to have. And she calls me out on all this shit. So I really I have to pick my spots now where I do these types of things with this compulsive buy in. But I feel like I'm starting to get angry about this. I'm sorry if the volume is bouncing up and down. But it's it's something that does make me angry when I when I get back to thinking about it. When I'm out of that out of that trance and I have to get to the I I got to figure out the, the, the what why it's so the the deep-seated reason for it. Sorry for my stammer and I'm just trying to come up with the right the right verbiage and I need to try to get to the point where I understand why this is happening and to try to get past it. One thing that I have been trying to do is to be a bit more indecisive with my purchasing. Uh, my the friend I talked about earlier, he he gets he gets he's indecisive almost to a fault. Uh, they know they need something, but his—it's not a two-hour purchase decision. It's two to three days, which maybe that works. You know, maybe that's what I need to be doing—is taking more time to make that decision if I want to buy that item. I don't know if it would even help. To be honest with you, sometimes it cools off. Sometimes the purchasing, the the item—I—I I figure I just don't need it. I focus myself on something else. More than likely, what happens is I just get distracted by the new shiny object that I'm trying to justify purchasing. But um, I do, I do have an example from like was it last night? It was last night. I went to Walmart to get some things, and as I was walking through the store, I decided I was going to go over to the video game section. And I saw that game. It's a new game called Days Gone. It's a game that's based on uh, like a zombie survival game. And I see the commercials for this game on tv and it only shows the cutscenes. it's not a, i don't think it shows any actual gameplay i think they even nowadays have to say on the commercial not actual gameplay but the cutscenes are just so freaking cool it's the guy he's being chased by a zombie he turns around and shoots the stupid thing and then like out of the woods like there's just hundreds of them coming out like they're just uh, you know it's just and he's like what the hell am I going to do? Like, you, you just crashed his motorcycle, so we can't just get on that and ride away, and it's, like, just calling me. I don't even play that many video games. I'm not one to sit around and play video games all day, but for some reason, I want this game. I want to, like, have that initial experience playing it. I want to be one of the first people to play it, too. So I'm at Walmart, and I'm looking at the game. It's in the case, locked up, so I can't just grab it and go to the register, which is good, and I see there's only, like, there's two or three copies left of a brand new game and there's like a bunch of empty like slots next to the game so you know that like they used to have like 30 copies but they've all been bought up and here's the last couple copies and that just that's music to my ears right there that's that's like oh i gotta get this game everyone's buying it it's gotta be really good there's only two copies left i mean if i don't buy this game right now and I don't get one of these last copies. I may never be able to get it. It may. It, what ha, what would happen if if they never got it back in stock? i would probably go to another store. But that's not the that's not the thought right there. Thought is is that if everyone else is playing it, then I have to play it. I have to see what it's about, and then I have to go online and and talk about how I'm playing. Day is gone. And I like this about it. And I don't like that about it. And contribute to that aspect of the gaming community, which I'm not even in the gaming community. I buy these. Stupid video games for sixty bucks, and I play them for an hour or two, and then that's it. I, I I put them in the case so everyone can see them when they come over, and I I just look at them. And I'm like, ah, eh, maybe at some point I'll get to that, but I don't really, I don't really ever go back to something uh, over and over and over again. I I do like playing baseball on on the PlayStation. That is by far, if I'm gonna spend any time playing video games, it's gonna be with that MLB the Show. That is. That's just like so fun to me. I I love baseball. It's definitely my favorite sport. I just love all the aspects of it, the statistical side of it, just everything. So I can definitely carve out a couple hours from time to, time to time to play some baseball on the PS4. So where was I going with this? Oh yeah. So anyway, so the day's gone, game. So what I decided to do was to walk around the store and get some more things that I that I needed, not wanted, but I needed. You know, food and shit like that. So as I'm doing my little shopping and I'm deciding to make my way towards the front of the store to buy some things that were up near the front. I decided I said, "You know what? I'm, I'm not going to go get the game. I'm not going to buy it today. I'm going to make sure that it's uh it's not on the receipt." I I there was a part of me that just didn't want to walk all the way back to the sto- to the back of the store to get to the video game section because the friggin' store is ginormous and it's the half a mile to walk back to the other side of the store, so I think that kind of worked in my favor too. Oh, and then I would have to wait for one of their associates to come unlock the case and get the game out. And here I am, forty-four years old, buying a video game for myself. It, I don't know. So got through the register, saw the receipt, which was like hundred and twenty bucks of stuff I did buy. So I was very uh, relieved that I didn't get the game because I didn't, uh, I didn't feel like spending two hundred dollars that day, yesterday, and. I went home and I, you know, it's kind of funny. I forgot about the game. I forgot about it. I'm, I'm actually just remembering now about this whole, this whole thing that happened last night. And I think just taking that time and saying, you know what, I'm just going to walk around the store. No one's going to come and buy the last three copies before I can get back to get one. It's not going to happen. That's probably happened before in my life. And the disappointment was overwhelming <laughs> because I decided not to get something and then I turned the corner and decided to go back and get it but it was gone but that's that's that maybe happened twice I don't even remember but I decided you know I'm gonna I'm gonna walk around I'm gonna wait and then yeah it uh, the, that need that that want subsided and uh, justifying the purchase I wasn't able to do and so I walked out the door with the crap that I did have to get and victory that was a win for me. That was definitely a a high spot that I can now look back and say, wow, I actually did it. I was actually able to not buy something for myself. I know it was kind of a long-winded story, but I'm just trying to give an example of a way I was able to actually overcome that. And I think part of it too was being kind of mindful of Of the situation at hand and not being rash, not being impulsive and taking a step back and trying to think of all the aspects of making that purchase and like everything that came into it, like, why did I need it? Why did I want it? How was I going to pay for it? And when was I going to use it? And that's not something that I do very often. Uh, That's not something that I'm, I'm real good at doing was, was making valid reasons why I need to get something. It's always more about, I just want something and I, and I, I have the money and I'm just going to buy it. And I'll just, I'll deal with the consequences later of the purchase. And that's, that's something that I've always had a problem with, was, was, Thinking about the consequences of making that purchase thinking about if i'm going to be able to pay the electric bill or buy a video game and i think that's something that's kind of been happening a little bit more as i've been exploring this side of me and this issue i have is dealing is thinking more about the consequences of the purchase and how it's going to affect the, the rest of the things in my in my life and i think that's something that needs to be done I think if anyone out there is struggling with impulsive purchasing, impulsive spending, that's definitely something to try to use as a tool is to think about the consequences of that purchase. That's one of the biggest things that impulsive spending becomes a problem for someone is that it's the consequences of the purchase are not even thought of. They're not even uh, there's n- there's no consequences at the moment and that needs to be addressed that's something that when you're out there and you're thinking about buying something without thinking it through first think about why what's going to happen if you do buy that what how what's that going to affect in your life you make that purchase whether it be a, a, a video game a book or, or a, vi- a new vehicle what's that going to do to change your dynamic on a financial level or maybe even on, on, on a marital level you know a relationship level i used to have an issue with the with the cars something that i i brought up because it was um it was definitely you know one of those things where i felt like i was buying a new car every year every year and a half and what was happening was i was purchasing the vehicle and i was sinking all the negative equity from the other from the previous vehicle into the new one and my payment would just go up and up and up and up to a point where i was having a hard time even making the car payments and at one point i I just had to give the vehicle back to the bank because I I blamed myself. Yeah, the bank gave me the loan for a car that was worth X amount, but they gave me a loan for way over that amount. And it just became like way too much for me to handle. And I ended up just calling the bank and saying, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to come get the car. I can't afford it any longer. And wow, that was an embarrassing time for me uh, to see my nice big red pickup truck getting towed up the road away from my home and thinking that's that's gonna suck now i gotta find something to drive uh but i made a right decision in the end long uh, hindsight 2020 i definitely made a right decision by doing that it was a wake-up call for me the vehicle that i purchased after that vehicle so i went through that whole process of of letting the vehicle go and my Wife at the time, we purchased a second vehicle that was like ten grand. It wasn't an expensive vehicle; it was pretty cheap. The payment was like a quarter of what I was paying on the on the truck. And after a couple of years, that's when like you know things calmed down. Everything was kind of cool, and we decided we were gonna uh, buy another SUV. And it just kind of built up from there. And now I'm to the point where I have an SUV. I'm happy with it. I've had it for about three and a half years, maybe four years. And I'm just looking forward to getting it paid off and not having a car payment. Nothing, something that I've, well, when I started driving, I didn't have a car payment because I had a little shipbox car, but the second car I owned, I had a payment. And ever since then I've had a car payment. I never known what it's like to not have a car payment in in 36 years of driving. 36, 46, 26. <laughs> I don't know. My math's probably off, but let's just say 30 years of driving, 28 years. All right. Anyways. So yeah, that's. That's something that's a that's an area that I've grown as well in. It's I'm grateful for that. I'm happy that I was able to not 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 find the vehicle that I always wanted and be happy with it, but just to settle down with with that that whole buying a vehicle craziness and getting out of that whole that whole world and not having my my buddy's father say, "Wow, you change cars like I change underwear." I mean, and it was that bad. It was I think the the longest I had a car was I don't even think it was two years. It was probably like a year and, and six months. Uh, yeah, that's a definite low point. All right. Well, I think I've rambled on long enough about my impulsive spending habits and how I'm trying to curtail them a bit. And I will, uh, I will definitely talk more about this in the future and update any impulsive purchase decisions I've made and how I am coping with that because I'm almost not, I am looking at this as it's a problem for me. So I'm also trying to find resolution in it. All right. This is the Continue On Podcast. Email me at thecontinueonpodcast at gmail.com if you have anything you want to say to me. Good, bad, ugly. I, constructive criticism is the best case. criticism. And uh, till then, just continue on. Just keep on rolling forward one day at a time. All righty? All right. Thanks for listening.